0: Well, good morning, Lake Church. Can we say good morning to Lake Church online? <laughs> we always want to remember our online audience because we want them to know that we're thinking of them and they are participating in this service with us. And we're praying for them um, all around the world. We want to keep them in our minds and be mindful of them always. So if they're not on your prayer list, make sure you add them to your prayer list. God will bring to you people that you need to be praying for all around the world. So that's part of our mission here and our commission for everyone is to spread the gospel, and that's what we do. And we do it through a lot of different ways, and one of the ways that we are purposing to help spread the gospel is we are currently raising money for a van— that will go uh, that they'll purchase in the Dominican for a boys' ministry they have down there. It's a basketball ministry. It's a discipleship that was started uh, through Pastor Ramon's church and his um, one of his ministers, Johan. He oversees that, and he ministers to these boys every Saturday, sometimes over 100 boys from ages 8 and up into their early 20s. They have their, and they, through basketball, they minister the word. They have discipleships. They have a wonderful time every single week. They're there all day, and then he has to drive them home every night in his little bitty car, And he takes a bunch of these boys home and he makes many, many trips late into the night. So we want to be a blessing for him to have more time with the boys and him to have more, be able to bring more boys and take more boys home. So we're raising money for the van. That's one of the ways that we are giving um, to the world, that we are putting back into this world and bringing the gospel forth. So you don't have to go down there and minister to those boys. You're ministering to them through your giving. That's how, we, that's how we participate in all that God has for us. We have many things that go on here. Our, our trained Christian academy, we just had a fundraising dinner for that Friday night. It was wonderful. Thank you, Peggy. The food was delicious. It was very delicious. And the ambiance was wonderful. We had some beautiful musicians playing us some live Italian music. It was great. It was great. I'm sad for everyone who missed it. <laughs> but now you know, next time get your ticket. So we raise money that way, and we do these things so we can pour into the children locally. We can pour into them through our school, through our ministries. We can pour into children around the world by giving and, and uh, praying for them. So make sure that you keep them on top of your prayer list. I'm going to pray over this offering, and then we're going to continue with our service. Father, I give you praise and glory that you are always, always, always with us. That you are overseeing everything, that it has been purposed by you, and we are just walking in your will. And as we do that, Lord, everything that we put our hand to prospers. Not just in this body and in this church as a as a as an establishment, but Father, as individuals, you are in our lives every minute of every day, directing us and leading us by your Holy Spirit. And you bless us and you bring provision and you bring life and you bring health and freedom to us from all of the oppression of the enemy and darkness so that we can be disciples, so that we can go and spread the word, so that we can be a part of great works like what is happening here, that we can participate and partner. Father, I thank you for every sower today, and I pray that you bless them back multiplied, multiplied times, and I just give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning Lake Church. Well, next Sunday night we are going to be having John Ramirez be with us and he's going to be with us for four consecutive days. And uh, so I want to encourage you. Uh, we have people coming all from all over the country to converge upon our home, our house uh, during these four nights. So my desire is for us to not come with a guest mentality but come with a servant mentality and realize that we're not coming to listen to a guest speaker. We are coming to partner with a ministry gift that is going to help our community in regards to destroying the works of the devil. Amen? And so we need to understand that uh, when we come here... We are not the center. Of course, Jesus is the center, but we're not the center. That means that we may not sit where we want to sit. We may not get to do everything we want to do, but we're here to serve others who are far from Christ, who need help. We've got people coming from the northern part of the country that are bringing their daughter who needs help serious attention and deliverance in their life so there's going to be some tremendous things that are going to happen during those four nights but we want John Ramirez not to come and create a move we want to already have a move going on here a move of love and servanthood so that the right spirit is here i'm not you're not coming to get entertained so don't get that totally off of jerry i told you don't get a bring your popcorn and sitting up there listen we're here to serve and that means that some of us may have to do things and assist in ways that we haven't been doing in a while you know since covid you know some, some of you checked out but uh anyway that was a joke guys don't take it so seriously but uh that means that we're here to help and assist people with what they need from Jesus okay so I want to encourage you that that means you know parking we encourage you to not fill this up but uh, we're going to have alternative parking in the back we will also have a, a bus that will pick you up and take you so you won't have to walk so uh, lots of good things are going on and we need your help as well so if you can assist us in any of those nights we'll we'll uh, take it amen hallelujah tonight we're going to have disclosure so six o'clock those of you that don't do the super bowl we're going to talk about jesus at six o'clock so we'll be here uh talking about uh the ancient alien gospel and uh, it's going to be over in the uh, uh the student ministry center amen hallelujah praise the lord let's give pastor kevin a warm welcome as he comes up
2: God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to praise Him. Father, we just thank You so much for Your goodness this morning. Thank You. We can come together to receive from Your Word. We set our hearts, Lord, not to confirm with Your Word things we believe, but to be challenged in what we believe by Your Word this morning, Father God. We give You glory. You're so worthy. So worthy of praise, hallelujah, we bless you Father, we yield ourselves to you right now Holy Spirit, that you would just speak four things, transform our minds so that our lives can be transformed more into the image of Jesus, amen, hallelujah, amen. if you agree with that, say amen this morning, amen. hallelujah, well we are going to continue what we started last week, a series called Authority Issues. Things we need to get worked out in our lives so that we can see the results that this Word says that we should expect to see in and through the life of every believer. This isn't just for uh, ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. This is meant to be operational in every believer's life. We started last week. We kind of laid a foundation. I asked a question if there were any who were uh, disappointed or discouraged by the results they've been seeing in their life. Many raised their hands and, and you know, um, as I've been reflecting on my life, I've just noticed that I haven't been seeing things operate just the way that I know that they should. So the Lord gave this to me first, and I get to pass it on to you, I believe, that uh, he is just wanting to do a work in the church so that he can do a work through the church. And so we looked at the fact that, um, that God has invested authority in mankind. Uh, and we looked at that last week, that authority is responsibility. That's what we looked at. That's what we fo- focused on, is getting the understanding that authority means responsibility. So we looked back at the original intent of God when he created mankind uh, and we looked at Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28. That's what we're going to look at now uh, just to kind of lay this foundation again. Now I'm going to share things you've probably, if you've been around the church very long, you've already heard all of these things. But how many of you know we need to be reminded Because in spiritual things, you can't just get to a certain point, drop an anchor, say, you know, I'm going to take a vacation for a while, but I'm just going to set myself here, and then I'll come back to that spot. No, in in spiritual things, you're either going forward or you're going backwards, but you can't just stay the same. So we need to be reminded. Even Peter said that. It's not grievous to me to remind you of the same things over and over and over again. So like I said, I'm going to be saying some things that you've already heard before, But I believe that it'll help us to remind ourselves and and encourage you to pursue a greater level of results in your spiritual life. Because listen, Jesus is our standard. Jesus is our standard. Jesus said this. He said, whosoever believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. So that tells me that Jesus expects every believer to operate in the same works that Jesus did, which was to heal the sick, To cleanse the leper to cast out devils uh, to raise the dead he commanded us to do all those things and so until we're getting the results that Jesus got we all have room for growth and improvement amen so we're gonna look at Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 it says then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness have dominion and that word means to rule as a king to have dominion means to rule as a king so god invested authority in man in order to see his kingdom manifested on the earth something i told you last week is that god's original intention was not that he rule earth directly but that he rule earth indirectly through sons and daughters made in his image and his likeness. And so he has authorized us to have dominion on the earth. That means it's our responsibility to subdue the earth. Every enemy, it's our, it's our responsibility to subdue every enemy. And that word subdue means to bring it under our control by force. It's the same word that's used in, in a nation going into a foreign land and taking it captive and bringing it under their government's control. We are commanded to subdue the earth for the kingdom of heaven. Let me ask you this. When Adam, we know that uh, Adam yielded his authority to subdue the earth. Every enemy, it's our responsibility to subdue every enemy. And that word subdue means Wow. Is it still doing it? Oh, God. Man, I thought I was losing my mind there for a minute. <laughs> losing my mind for Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying now. No, I know what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> Adam was, uh, let me ask you this, because we know that Adam, was, was uh, he yielded his authority to the serpent. He yielded it over. In fact, the Bible says he disobeyed God. He consciously, knowingly did it. Let me ask you, when the serpent came and tempted Eve, whose responsibility was it to resist him? Yeah, it wasn't God's, it was Adam's. God had already told him to subdue it. So God didn't step in and go, oh wait, no, we ain't having that. That's not what I want. No, he expected Adam. To resist the enemy, he expected Adam to exercise authority over the enemy. And all he would have had to do is cast the serpent out of the garden. So he yielded his authority to the serpent. It was Adam's responsibility. So we talked about that. So we talked about the fact that Jesus then came and he came as a man to take back authority on earth. Let me say this too before I get ahead of myself Adam was never promised heaven. We're going to kick over your sacred cows this morning. Actually, you guys are from Manford, so you know cow tipping is done like this. You don't kick them over. You got you to run into them and knock them over when they're asleep. Oh, goodness. So Adam was never promised heaven. Adam wasn't created in heaven. Why? Because God's purpose for Adam was on earth. But he was created and authorized to manifest heaven on earth. And when he disobeyed God, yielded his authority to Satan, then uh, he lost the ability to rule as a king on earth. And so Jesus came back, or Jesus came to earth, and he laid aside, Philippians chapter 2 says, he set aside his divine authority and power, and he operated as a man. And we talked about how in his ministry, he demonstrated what Adam was supposed, the life Adam was supposed to live. He operated in the authority of man, but in the anointing of God. So he didn't use his own divine power, but when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, when he was baptized by John the Baptist... That was the anointing of God that came upon him for ministry. It was the, the anointing is the ability of God. So see, if he was operating as God, he wouldn't have needed an anointing. He was operating in the anointing of God in the authority of man. And the reason he did it like that was because Jesus wasn't just an example for us of God. He was an example of us. He was showing us what God always intended for us to live like on the earth and showing us the potential of a man who was anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost and operating in the authority that God had given. So he was showing us Uh, what he was coming to uh, redeem us back to. And then he gave that authority to his own disciples, and they went about healing the sick, casting out devils, cleansing the lepers. They did all those things. But then when Jesus died on the cross, he he died and he was buried and he was raised again. Then he took back authority to heaven. Listen, look at Matthew chapter 28. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Here's the point. After Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he had took back all authority as a man. We've got to get that. As a man. And he before he ascended back to heaven... He transferred that authority to the church, the body of Christ. When he says, go, therefore, the word therefore points back to the previous statement, which was all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You go, therefore, and he transferred that authority to the church, to the body of Christ. And from what we learned last week, that's the responsibility that he transferred to the church to execute the will of God on earth. You know, he even told his disciples when they asked him, teach us how to pray, he said, pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then in Mark chapter 16, so that shows us that we were authorized to go out and evangelize the world with the gospel. Mark chapter chapter 16, he says, go into all the world. This is the same instance, but Mark gives us a few other things He says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So see, Jesus authorized the church to evangelize the world and do the works of Jesus. That means it's the church's responsibility to evangelize the world and do the works of Jesus. It's not God's responsibility because he's given that responsibility to us. Here's the point. God will not do what he told us to do. God will not do what he told us to do. So if we don't see our generation saved, if we don't see the sick healed, the dead raised, the leper cleansed, demons cast out, it's not because there's a problem on God's end, it's because there's a problem on our end. It's because we have abdicated our responsibility to execute God's will on the earth. He will not do it. In fact, it would be illegal for him to. When God gave authority to man, he limited his own by his word. Amen? So we have to get it in our mind that it is on our side. Ephesians 1 and 3 says that he has blessed us with every, say every, every. spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's past tense. Every. He has blessed us with every. First, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, He has granted to us all things, say all things, all that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. He's already given us everything. So listen, when we're not seeing the results that God has declared in His Word that every believer should see, it's not on His end, it's on ours. So we need to take a humble and honest assessment of where we're at spiritually. You know, one of the lies we've bought into is we thought that knowing, biblical knowing, is intellectual, but it's not. Biblical knowledge is not intellectual, it's experiential. That means that anything that the word declares that I'm not doing or experiencing, I don't know it. Oh man. And Jesus is our standard. So that means adjustments need to be made on my end in order to see what God has declared belongs to me. So this morning I want to share in the nine minutes that I have left here. (laughs) Eternal truths in nine minutes. Now... (laughs) So I want to share with you a few things about operating in authority because really established that last week, and the time that I've had, I've established that now, reviewing. But what I wanted to share is how do I execute that authority? Because, listen, people have this idea that God is just mysterious and that the things that he does are phenomenon. Like like he might heal somebody this time, but the next time, maybe not, you know? That's what a phenomenon is. It just happens sometimes, and then sometimes it doesn't. But the kingdom of God is governed by laws. Just like the physical world is governed by natural laws, the kingdom of God is governed by spiritual laws. And what I mean by laws, not talking about the law of Moses, I'm talking about laws that govern the spiritual world. Just like the natural laws that we have in this physical world, the laws of gravity. A law is something that's consistent everywhere all the time. That's why it's called a law. You're not going to have gravity here and then on the other side of the world, the the gravity is suspended. No, it's a law. It's constant everywhere all the time. And So spiritual laws are things that are consistent Everywhere all the time and God's kingdom is Governed by laws, which means that if we can understand What the laws are we can know what God will do or what God has done actually So here's the thing people say well, you'll never know what God will do That's not true it says it right there, Jerry said. He's right. They'll say, "Well, you never know what God's going to do." You know, like he's just mysterious and he's just ever changing. You know, the Bible says that he doesn't ever change. Let me ask you this. If God, if you never know what God's going to do, how could you ever pray the prayer of faith? How could you ever have faith or be confident or bold about anything and pray the prayer of faith if you never know what God's going to do. You couldn't. But the Bible declares clearly, in fact, God has already moved on behalf of every man in Christ Jesus. When he died on the cross, he was raised from the dead, he ascended back to heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit come to dwell within and upon every believer to cause us to be possessors of the divine life and divine nature of God. And his death, it qualified us to not only be possessors of it, but partakers in it. Oh, man. We have been called to be participants in his life. And to replicate the life and ministry of Jesus in the earth in our own generation. But it works by spiritual laws, kind of like with electricity. That's another thing that is governed by laws. And there's two ways you can interact with laws. Either you cooperate with them or you violate them. And if you cooperate, you can have the blessing of what that law provides. But if you violate it, you can actually experience something negative in regard to it. You know, with electricity, we are cooperating with it. We have these lights, we have the sound, we had the musical instruments, all that stuff going on. But listen, if you violate the laws that govern electricity, it can kill you. I tell you what now, I don't think the devil likes this. This is not a word he enjoys. <laughs> He's like, we can't let them hear that. It's consistent all the time. And in fact, God is not uh, evaluating people's situations on a case-by-case basis. Did you realize that? Most people think that whenever you have a need, you go to God. Like, I'm talking about things that Jesus provided for us, healing, prosperity, those things. That we go to God and we ask him for healing and he decides whether or not he's going to heal somebody. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches is that God healed every man in Christ Jesus because he put the very life of God on the inside of you. And when that divine life is affecting your physical body, it's health. And people don't like this either, because then uh, they're saying, well, what are you saying, that it's my fault? Absolutely, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, if God being in control and responsible for everything, that's real convenient theology, because if it don't happen, it's on him. But when you start teaching like this, it's if it's not happening then I have to do. Then there's something wrong on my end. I'm the one who needs to make an adjustment. So God's, God's power is subject to spiritual laws. In fact, in Luke chapter 8, there was a woman. In Luke chapter 8, verses 43 through 48 For the sake of time, I'm just going to share the story with you, but you've probably all heard it before. There was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years that she had suffered this. She'd been to many physicians and not gotten any better, but actually grew worse. And she had heard about Jesus. Jesus was going about healing the sick, casting out devils. The Bible says she had heard and she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. So she came to where Jesus was at, and the Bible says there were multitudes of people. That means there was tons of people gathered around him, and everybody was pressing in on him, and I could just see that woman going through the crowd. She wasn't supposed to be there because she was unclean. I could just see her going through the crowd, trying to just get a hold of his his garment and then get out before anybody noticed what was going on. And the Bible says she pressed through the crowd and she laid hold of Jesus' garment and she felt within herself in that moment she was healed. She actually made a connection with the power of God. And here's the most interesting thing. Jesus said, who touched me? Oh, we think that Jesus was just saying that as a rhetorical statement, that he actually knew, but he was... No, Jesus didn't know. She laid hold of the power by making a connection by her faith to Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciple says, what do you mean, Lord? There are people touching you on every side. And he said, no, who touched me? For I perceived that power went out from me. And the woman spoke up and told her story about how she had laid hold of the hem of his garment and she was healed within herself. And Jesus said this, he said, woman, your faith He said, woman, your faith has made you whole. She didn't come to Jesus and say, I have a health issue and I need you to pray for me. I want to be healed. And he said, okay, well, let me decide about that. No, she laid hold of the power that was made available to her through her faith and through the authority that God had given to her. Hmm. Hmm. She was able to make a withdrawal on the deposit that was within Jesus. And now that same anointing that same deposit that God made in Jesus, He's made inside of every, each and every born again and spirit baptized believer. Not just a different kind, but the very same anointing of the very same Holy Ghost is on the inside and upon every born again and spirit baptized believer. Amen. But she cooperated with spiritual law and she got the result. Not because God made a decision in that moment, but because she made a decision. Based on that knowledge, she was able to be healed in her life forever transformed. So God, the kingdom of God is governed by spiritual laws. We have to understand that. It's not just maybe, maybe, maybe not. We never know. But it's law. It's law. And if we can know them and understand how to cooperate with them, the results will be consistent consistent every time you know it's like um i remember when i was a kid we we had uh fourth of july get togethers as a family we had a big family and um we were uh i was probably nine or ten years old and some of the adults my grandpa was a pastor so he fooled us he he tricked us into this he said somebody got hurt with a firecracker Come in here in the garage. We're gonna pray for them. So everybody was kind of gathered around. Had their hand, and there was an opening in the middle, you know. Anyway, they were playing a trick. We didn't know they had a uh, one of them old telephones that you crank, and those things put out power. Anyway, as long as they had a hold of it and that chain wasn't, you know, that circuit wasn't closed. They weren't feeling the effect. But we came in there thinking we were going to pray. We grabbed hands and boom, you know, that power began to... That's the way it is with the power of God. Listen, the power of God is within you, but you need to connect. You need to close the circuit to where the power of God just automatically flows. We were created as a conduit from heaven to earth. We are spirit, soul, and body. That is a design of God. He, he made us that way for the very purpose of the power of heaven to be able to flow through us and manifest in the physical world. And if we cooperate with the laws that govern, that will have the results. Number two, the kingdom authority is subject to the king's authority. Adam forfeited his ability to exercise that authority when he disobeyed God. We are not given authority just to execute our own will and desires. Okay, our authority is subject to God's authority. So that means anything he has declared under our authority, we have the responsibility and the ability to command it. It's subject to God's authority. Now, here's the thing about our authority that's different than what Adam had is our authority isn't just directly given to us. So when Adam yielded his authority to the servant, he lost his ability to execute authority forever, okay? Our authority is in Jesus' name. (laughs) Also, when Adam... Uh, submitted his authority to the serpent all of us were affected by it now under the new covenant my authority in Jesus name if I, if I um, abdicate my responsibility and I don't execute my authority you don't lose yours Okay, and I don't lose mine permanently I just give the enemy ability to use my authority against me oh man but we have the ability to exercise our authority under the authority of God. So let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, Jesus is announcing to his disciples that he is going to give them authority to execute the will of heaven on earth. We know this story, this is, I'm going to slow down a little bit here, I think I'm rushing. We know the story, Jesus and his disciples went to Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked them, he said, who do men say that I am? And then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Because listen, it doesn't really matter what other people say, it's what you say. And so Peter, he he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus rejoiced about it because Peter got that by revelation. And so he makes a statement here. He says, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, so keys denote authority. You know, I've said this uh, last week as well, but we don't just give everybody a key to the building here. Only people we give authority to over ministries, we give a key so they have access. See, that's what keys do is they give you access to things. They give you the ability to lock things and open things. This is what he's saying, that the keys of the kingdom of heaven are in your hand to forbid and permit. Jesus said it's your responsibility to forbid things and to permit things. And so in the Amplified Version, if they'll put that up, I want to show you this. It says it a little different, which I thought was a great revelation. But in the Amplified Version, it says, whatever you bind uh, has already been bound in heaven. See, our authority is subject to the king's authority. Whatever God has declared to be uh, forbidden in heaven is what we should be forbidding on the earth. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's the New King James, I think. I need the Amplified for that. If you have it, here we go. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Oh, man, that tells me... See, God has already declared what is lawful and unlawful in his kingdom. And in our authority in Jesus' name, we have the responsibility to declare those things unlawful or lawful on the earth. What he has already... Here's the thing. God's already done it in heaven and authorized us to make it so on the earth. So what's forbidden in heaven? Uh, Sickness, disease, addiction, disorder, fear, anxiety, torment, all those things, they're unlawful in heaven. None of them are going on in heaven. Why? Because the king has declared them unlawful. And the enemy wants to bring those things into our lives, into our home, into our church, into our communities. And it's our responsibility to stand up and say, that's unlawful. And I don't permit it. I forbid it in the name of Jesus. What's permitted in heaven? Health, joy, peace, Righteousness, holiness, prosperity, abundance. All of those things are what are permitted in heaven. We have the authority to loose those things in our lives on the earth. It's our responsibility. We think God's gonna do it for us, but no, we have the responsibility to exercise our authority under the authority of Jesus. Now, this is a little side note, but... It's the same thing with nations did you know that any nation that governs under the overarching rule of God will be blessed but when they set up laws that violate what God has declared permissible in heaven sin is a reproach that's what that scripture says righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people every government on earth should be governing and making its laws according to the laws of heaven. What God has permitted, lawful. So, you know, if people ask you, well, do you agree with this or that? I only agree with what God has declared to be lawful or unlawful. When it comes, I know I'm really taking a side note here. When it comes to voting, we should look at not people, but principles. How can I vote for someone who wants to institute things that are against the kingdom of heaven? Okay, so I'll get off that. I can tell that's really going over well. <laughs> See, I shared with you last week, Jesus gave us power of attorney when he, when he uh, transferred authority to the church. What's that mean? Power of attorney is the legal right to execute the will of another person power of attorney it's up to us to execute his will in his absence Jesus is the head of the church in heaven we're the body of Christ on the earth the head gives the directive the body carries it out we are to execute his will on the earth so kingdom authority is subject to the king's authority and then one more God's word is law when God declares something it's law When a king declares something, it's law. Psalm 89 and verse 34, I'm going to flip over there real quick. Is this helping you guys? Psalm 89 and verse 34, he says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once God says something, he won't change it. Look, Adam, when God said, I'm giving authority to man, you know, um, even though the serpent got involved and usurped Adam's authority, God didn't change his mind. He didn't go, okay, I'm taking it back. No, he made a plan to become a man and to come and take it back. (laughs) okay because he won't alter his word is is a law and he is just he'll never break it he will never break it god's word is law and it is forever settled in heaven according to psalm 119 and verse 89 you know what that means god has declared things in heaven and they are forever settled Thinking about it like this, you know, we're so used to living in a democracy that if we don't like the laws, we just get some petitions together and we start signing petitions and we lobby the government, try to get them to change laws and stuff. That don't happen in heaven. I'm telling you, that doesn't happen in heaven. There is no lobby against what God has declared to be lawful or unlawful. There are no petitions going around in heaven. For why? When the king declares something, it is forever settled in heaven and God has authorized the church to establish 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 on earth what God has already declared and established in heaven. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is the will of God spoken through man to establish his desire on the earth. Prophecy is the will of God spoken through man. Why? Because we have authority. So that his desire can be established in the earth. God's word is a law and the honor of a man's name is dependent on the integrity of his word. You know, the Bible says also that God has magnified his word above his name. That's because your name is the direct result of how good your word is. I remember my grandpa used to say, son, you need to keep your word because your name is dependent on you keeping your word and i remember in business sometimes he would do stuff and i'd be like man that why would you do that and he said well i gave my word um, you know it says a righteous man will swear to his own hurt you know once your word's out you know but here's the point god never changes his word we can depend on on what he's declared. That is a spiritual law. God's word is law. God's word is law. And here's the last one. Uh, Authority is voice activated. So many believers, the devil has stolen our voice and we're believing for God to do things, but we're not saying it. You know, David, when he faced Goliath, Goliath had sword and spear but David came at him declaring the word of God. We got to get our voice back. We got to get our voice back. Our authority is voice activated. Mark 11:23. We'll turn over there real quick. Just a few more minutes. Mark 11:23. You know this is right after Jesus had cursed the fig tree. He was walking with his disciples to Jerusalem. He saw a fig tree. It had leaves, no fruit. It wasn't a season for fruit, but because it had leaves, it should have had fruit. Jesus cursed the fig tree. And then the next day, they were going back to Jerusalem. His disciples were, Master, look, the fig tree you cursed has dried up from the roots. Jesus' words spoken to that fig tree affected it. And so right after that, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Three times he mentions saying or speaking in that verse. And he says that he will have what he says. You know, our words... Uh, is the way our power is released in the earth. Negative or positive. Proverbs 18 says, Life and death, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he who loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, but it's not God who's taking our death our words of death and giving us death the enemy finds his opportunity through us speaking contrary to what god has said in his word why because his word is a law and you can beg and cry and plead and be in need and none of that's going to change anything well i can tell that went over well (laughs) None of that will change. You can, God knows our needs already. Jesus said so in Matthew chapter six. He said he already knows what you have need of. But our need doesn't give God authority to move. Our crying, begging, pleading does not give God the ability to move. It's what we speak. And if we believe that what we say will come to pass then we'll have whatsoever we say. You know and here's one of the things we need to to realize in this is that this is a spiritual law and so we say a lot of things that we don't mean and you know what we do? We train our own heart not to believe ourselves and then whenever we really need to release the power of God we don't even believe in what we say. That's one of the things he's saying here. He's saying if you believe in your heart and do not doubt that what you say. Oh. I remember I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I remember when pastor was you know going through his situation, pastor Karen said this, it'll be as we say. Oh, come on now. Come on. It shall be as we say it's going to be. Why? Because we're going to declare what God has already said is lawful and unlawful in heaven. Oh, when you are, when you are under that authority, you can declare what you will and it shall be done unto you. Jesus said, if, my, if, I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. It's voice activated. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He said, say to the mountain. He rebuked a fever. He spoke to the wind and the waves, and they obeyed him. Now, I want to tell just a couple of stories here as I close, just because there are going to be ministers up here in the front when we dismiss the service. And there's some of you here who have needs. You're, you're, you've got things that the enemy is doing to you. Uh, things that God has declared in his word to be unlawful. And there's going to be ministers up here to agree with you and to take authority over that thing so you can walk out of here free and delivered. So that you can walk out of here free and delivered. But uh, here's, here's the thing. M- most people speak about their problem, but they don't speak to it he said, you have to say to the mountain. Listen, if we just talk about our problem, we actually empower it to stay in our life. We're just talking about our problems. But when we talk to them, then we execute authority the way Jesus showed us that spiritual laws operate. Well, then we can, we can cause them to be evicted from our life in Jesus' name. And so I was thinking about how that, you know, whenever we first, uh, when I first got saved, man, I was just naive enough to believe that whatever the word says, I could just do it, you know? And uh, so Rhonda, when we first got saved, she got healed of uh, a few uh, incurable diseases. So that's what the world says, but God, in God's kingdom, there's nothing lawful about a disease, <clears throat> so one of them was rheumatoid arthritis and uh, she had been listening to teaching exactly the same stuff you know about spiritual laws and, and what God has declared and what he's done in Christ And anyway she was home and she was, she was on lots like the highest doses of chemotherapy you can take and God's, she was about to take that and God said why would you take that if you're already healed and so, you know, you, you don't do that unless you have a rhema word like that. But she just put it, I think she threw it away. Uh, anyway, she quit taking it. And like a couple weeks later, we were at a Bible study, and her uncle was teaching this, and he was talking about, he was just telling a story as an example of a man ministering to someone with rheumatoid arthritis. And she had continued to have this burning symptom. In her joints. So he was telling this story and he said, Yeah, this minister said that he was uh, praying for a woman that had rheumatoid arthritis and he took authority over it, commanded it to leave in the name of Jesus. And he asked her, He said, Well, how is it now? And she said, Well, the pain's all gone. And she goes, But I've got this burning still there. And the minister said, he said, well, you didn't tell me that. So he laid hands on her again. He said, burning in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave her body. She said, it's gone just instantly. When he spoke to it, it left. Well, her uncle was telling the story. And as he's telling it, he goes, he just said to that woman, burning be gone in Jesus' name. And in that moment, the power of God flowed through her body. And she thought she, she didn't know what was going on. So she got up and went to the bathroom And when she come out, she is laughing and stuff. We're like, what is going on? She goes, I just got healed. I just felt something come over my whole body. And that burning left. See, listen, when you cooperate with the law, power just flows. Now, here's the thing. After that, from time to time, like months at a time, she would be free of all of that. And then at night, I would feel her tossing and turning. I'd say, you know, uh, what's going on? She'd say, well, I have that burning symptom trying to come back. So I would just, in Jesus' name, I command that burning to leave right now. And then, you know, within a couple minutes, it'd be. (laughs) (laughs) Not very loud, though. It was a real ladylike snore. (laughs) So, and it would go. And I would say it's been years since we've done that now. But you may have to stand. You may have to stand. You know, and I also remember her cousin one time. uh, He had this sore come up in his ear, very painful. Anyway, he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, Well, you got shingles in your ear. And anyway, shingles will go around your whole body. Like if it's on your stomach, it'll make a whole circuit around your body. So we were, uh, there's a few of us with him, and he was telling us what the doctor said. So we just gathered around, laid hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this to stop and to be reversed in Jesus' name. We released our authority. And uh, it had gotten about here. It had come from his ear about halfway across his face. And it stopped and never went any further. But here's the amazing thing. It began to dry up backwards. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, that doesn't happen. This disease completes a course before it goes away. We, it was just because we exercised authority. We spoke to the problem in the name of Jesus, and it worked. I was just naive enough to believe that it would work. <laughs> I want you to I'm just trying to build your faith right now because there are going to be ministers up here here in a minute you're going to have an opportunity to come and agree with somebody Jesus said if any two of you on earth agree as touching anything it shall be done unto you I'm going to close with this I have one more story I didn't tell it in first service this one's kind of funny but you know in uh, Genesis chapter 1 it says that he gave us authority over the fish of the sea I remember Charles Capp used to talk about that. He used to talk about when he would go fishing, he would say, I have authority over the fish. I command these fish to get on my hook, and I'm going to catch. I always catch the most fish. He said he would go fishing with a buddy, and he'd be on one side, and the other guy would be on the other, and he'd be catching fish, and the other guy would be like, what are you doing? Let's trade sides. So they'd trade sides, and he said, I'd be catching them on the other side. So I had been listening to that for quite a while, and I believed it. You know, I, I mean, if God said he gave you yep. dominion over the fish, didn't he? I mean, he told Peter, go down and pull out the first fish and open his mouth. You find a coin to pay our taxes with. So anyway, I had been, I was kind of into fishing. So I had been confessing that. And me and Rhonda's cousin went to a farm pond in Olive. And we were just catching a couple fish and it was getting late. And so, man, I stood up and I said, man, I, I'm tired of this. I, I don't like fishing. I like catching. So, <laughs> so I walked up to the edge, and I yelled out. I said, in the name of Jesus, I have dominion over you. I command one of you biggins to bite my <laughs> I, You know, I, we caught a couple little ones, but who? that's no fun. So anyway, and I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you honestly. I threw that. I had a frog on there, and I threw that out there. And I mean, the minute it hit the water, boom, I... I caught a fish, and I reeled it in. It was the biggest bass I've ever caught. Coincidence? I don't know. You can think so, but I don't think so. I believe what God's Word says. I caught the biggest bass I've ever caught. I was so excited. The truck was way off, and I thought, I'm keeping this thing. So I'm going to go get a... (laughs) I'm going to run to the truck and get a stringer. So I'm running with this big old bass back to the truck all the way. I couldn't find anything, so I, I come back, and her cousin... I kid you not, I came around the brush and he's standing right where I was standing, going, In the name of Jesus! (laughs) In the name of Jesus, get on. It didn't work for him. (laughs) It didn't work for him, but he didn't have the revelation, you know. (laughs) He didn't believe what he was saying. I said, what are you doing in my spot? (laughs) But I just say that to say that um, if you believe and doubt not in your heart, that whatsoever you say will be done, then you'll have whatever you say. Amen. Jesse's going to come, but don't forget there's going to be ministers up here. They are more than able, and they are desiring for you to come forward this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
1: Hallelujah. It will be as you say. Amen. All right. Well, let's do some announcements real quick before we leave. I want to make sure you guys are aware of uh, some things we got going on in the bookstore. We got a USB series uh, back there available, the craft, spirit of.